This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. Hey, y'all. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The New Kids. Bam, 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 bam. Wait, I got my sound effects now. <laughs> I know, I'm waiting on them. Come on. Come on, bring I'm them. I'm not good at this. Hold on, hold on. Let's see. I'm going to do this one. Hee-haw! Okay, please. <laughs> <laughs> Can we not ever do that again? <laughs> you know what? Actually, I'll allow it. I'll allow it only because Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion just dropped the remix and they from Houston. So I'll allow the yeehaw. Yeehaw! Okay, see, to, now you pushing it. I had to do it one more time for Beyonce. Did you though? Uh, Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> Did you though? Okay. See, this is why you are not allowed to have a real soundboard. <laughs> anyway, you keep the I'm record Jermaine. scratch though. I'm Jermaine, <laughs> and that <laughs> over there is Shariah. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Ooh, Chile. And... Oh, that was great. Oh, my God. This episode is about to be a lot. Anyway, <laughs> on this episode, we have the wonderful, amazing, baker extraordinaire, Garnet. Terry, go ahead, Garnet. Introduce yourself. Let the people know what's up. Hey, hey, y'all. So as she said, I am Garnet Terry, owner of Terry's Cakes Detroit, a specialty cake shop located on the east side of the city. I also do some other things, but that's the main thing for now. (laughs) For now. For now. Today. Today. (laughs) It may change. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. You never know. I'm well, still over here looking for hand claps and I couldn't find please, one. So insert applause here. <laughs> <laughs> one day. Not what today the- though. <laughs> Anywho, so we're gonna get started with our question of the day. And as always, Jermaine is going first. See, this is you know this what happened when okay. you tell me to do the first part of the uh, outline. But so, that's okay, because yeah. I'm gonna come with my own sound effects. Next episode we do. It's okay. Just wait. Whatever. I got a sound effect ready for whatever answer you give me. So, Jermaine. You don't even know what I'm about to say. What is a song? It don't matter. My sound effect's still going to go there. So, what is a song song that you can listen to on repeat and never get tired of? I'm about to mute you for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get this mute button ready. (laughs) I already got my sound effect ready, so let's go. I don't know, because I don't know. It'll probably be something about Jeezy, though. Oh, Jeezy, not me. (laughs) Is it the Jeezy? See, I got too many choices. I can't just pick one song. Can I make a playlist? Like, I feel like... It doesn't matter. My, My sound effect was still fitting. 
Anyway, ooh, I can't wait to tell them to edit you out. She <laughs> What is your choice? <laughs> so the song that I chose that I could listen to on repeat forever and never get tired of it is Riot by Summer Walker. Hmm. I like that song. And it's short. It's only like two minutes. So I feel like that I'm makes shy. it easier to listen to it on repeat. I'm Why shocked. are you shy? Because you already know what's about to come on, mama. <laughs> I'm just saying. I thought for sure, Maine, that you was going to pick a Trina song. No, nah, I'm going to go with Jeezy. I'm going to go with the tried and true. Even though he didn't, mm. I don't know what he on lately. He can let that go. He's he's on marriage. You know that. Not, you know what? I ain't even mad at the marriage. It's who he's trying to marry. He needs to let that go. <laughs> well, well. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Garnet, do you have, everybody got oh, I have to pick a song? Yes, um, you do. Ooh, mine makes me feel like an old grandma, but I would have to go with a Stevie Wonder song. Um, okay. Okay. Probably as. Mm, okay. Probably as. Because it's a song that you could kind of hear in the ba- background, but also actively listen to. And that matters. Because some songs you mm. get tired of them just because they get annoying eventually. So I yeah, would have to go with tried and true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say Stevie probably as. That's what I would say. Okay, I have a follow-up question to this. Those are not allowed. Yes, they are. <laughs> anyway. Let me get another sound effect. Hold up. <laughs> You're going to spend this whole episode on that soundboard. Get it together. I sure am. So, I let's say your life you. was a movie. What song would play when you wake up? Wait, what? Shariah. <laughs> I said, if your life was a movie, what song would play when you wake up? Like, you know that montage when they show the main character. Girl, what is that? <laughs> what? <laughs> Donkey of the Day? Is that is that what that so, is? So Moo uh, is gonna be Shariah's song. Moo is clearly her song. <laughs> no, it's because. not. Okay, if I wake what happened? Okay, so if I had to pick a song that I wake up to? Yeah, like you know how movie soundtracks they have like a scene where the artist or not the artist, but the um main character is like waking up or starting their day and there's a song playing. What song would be playing in the background for you? <sighs> Is it a weekday or a weekend? Because that's going to make it. It is whatever you want it to be. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let's say it's a Tuesday. A Tuesday. Okay. Wake up song. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what song like. Like, like this is what the world hears. This is what the world hears. Right. This is what we hear. Nah, this is what the world here is like. Imagine a movie theater. Right. You know, they watching a movie of of you. And it's the scene the where you playing. wake up in the morning and the song come on. What song is playing? I'm going to go with a, what's that song? <laughs> it's a good ass day. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going with. Final answer. Okay. 
if it's when I wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. it would, because I'm a cornball, it would have to be a gospel song. But I don't I know which one. I was going to go there too. I was it ha- because if it, I don't know what song, I mean, right now, one of my favorite gospel songs is, um, I think the name of it is actually Joy. Um, but it would have to be a gospel song. I don't know which one, but it would have to be, it would have to be a gospel song. Now, if it was at the end of the day and I was going to sleep, definitely <laughs> today was a good day. I didn't even okay. have to use my AK. Hey. Period. That's a, that's a good, that's a bop. <laughs> I feel it. Period. I, I was going to go the gospel route at first. I really was, but I was like, I couldn't think of just one. But if I had to choose Yeah, one, I don't know which one. In this period of my life, with all this craziness going on outside, I mm. would probably go with, um, what is the name of the song? Be Encouraged. I think it's mm. Donald Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I could be mm-hmm. wrong It is Donald Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at me knowing stuff. So yes, that's, that's an old <laughs> song too. That's been good in my wholesome, head like good wholesome Jesus song. You know, it just takes you right on in. Sometimes <laughs> you just you know you gotta go right on in. So that's what I would think. Gotta so go if right I had to choose a gospel song, good answer. Although, See, that's what we need. I did recently hear somebody play. Uh, Mary Mary over a City Girls beat. I also heard mm, that. Which it Mary was great. Mary? Um, I want to say the it was popular Shackles one over. I think it's Shackles. I think it was oh. Shackles over Act Up beat. Mm, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, I could good. also see. I could also see a mashup with Mary Mary and with Meg. Yes. I could you know see what? a lot of her. I could see a lot yeah. of their songs over Savage. Mm. I don't she do any production, but also, if I did, <laughs> <laughs> the same girl also played um, <laughs> Shirley Caesar over Meg The Stallion. Hey, I can't listen. I can't. I can't <laughs> listen. I can't. I can't. Mm-mm. I nope. I live for. I cannot. I cannot. Oh, okay. That was good. Those are good choices. Now, Jermaine, you not slick, sis. What's your wake-up song going to be? If this was a movie and this is the song that the audience would hear, it would be Jamaica Funk by the Tom Brown Band. Mm. Okay. I support that. I'm with it. I support that. I am in support of that one. Mm -hmm. I like it. All right. Those are great questions. Um, and I enjoyed using my sound effects. So <laughs> next, next up is the business plan stands where we give you our opinion and our consulting advice for the free 99. It doesn't get much mm. better than that. Um, main doll, do you have anything mm. for this week? You know, I don't have any submissions, but something did just pop into my head. And I think we've okay. talked about this before um, in personal conversations. But I think now. Mm, having don't be putting a, our personal business out here. 
No, I mean, personal <laughs> as it relates to consulting. But now I think it's very important um, that people, entrepreneurs and young professionals really understand what crisis management means. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, for sure. You know, I salute all the PR people out there because anytime I have mm-hmm. a client come to me with anything PR related, mm-mm. I have a great mm-hmm. recommendation for you, for someone, you know, who can handle this, but that is not my specialty because it is mm-hmm. a specialty. And crisis mm-hmm. management is. is so important, especially when we have in this day and age, so many people's social media and their brand being so intertwined. It's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that, but you also have mm-hmm. to make sure that it is not damaging to your brand mm-hmm. because one, one slip, whether it be an old tweet, whether it be a new tweet, whether it be mm-hmm. something that you said jokingly to somebody that you know, and the rest of the social media world took it out of context, it can take your stop out completely. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very important that you be that you know young entrepreneurs be mindful of themselves and what crisis management means, and to ask for help. From the appropriate people. Don't be asking your cousin Mm -hmm, (laughs) for their advice in terms of crisis management unless your cousins are PR professionals. Correct. And that's really the only way to to do that. You know, so that's that's just my two cents on the matter. I also did not have any, excuse me, any submissions. However, Um, I'm glad that you brought up crisis management because it's always been something that I kind of research on the side. I haven't um, decided to fully jump in yet, but, you know, I got a little bit of knowledge in this brain of mine. Um, But I was looking at the list of Harvard um, classes that they're offering online for free right now. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked that they do not have a crisis management one on there. Like they have, hmm. um, they have pandemic relief courses yeah. or like how to deal with COVID-19, um, how COVID-19 impacts, you know, social justice and all other kind of stuff. But they yeah. did not have one about crisis management. But you got to think about we that. Are... Go ahead, Garnet. But you got to think about that from a business standpoint. It is not advantageous for a business to teach you how to survive. And that's the part that people miss, right? So as Mm -hmm. a business owner, um, I have weekly conversations with a funding team and an investment team. And in those conversations, we talk about strategy and shifting. We don't talk about crisis management, but we talk about how you're able to remain relevant and remain stable Mm -hmm. as your environment changes. Which theoretically is crisis management, but it's not actually. It's just framing it differently, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And so when you think about the people charging to learn the cheat codes, why would they ever actually tell us how to manage a crisis? Because mm-hmm. if you think about this crisis, it is very different from a public health standpoint than any crisis we've seen in our lifetime. But from Mm -hmm. a business perspective, crisis is crisis. So whether it's 
you own a bakery and it catches on fire and you don't have anywhere to operate or the world shuts down because of COVID, it's the same thing from a business perspective. And that's why when I think about Harvard and think about the strategy of Harvard, why would they teach you? Because if they teach you the game, you could play it successfully. And then they're mm-hmm. in direct competition with you and your business. Absolutely. It makes sense. And Garnet, you, you brought up a good point. You know, anything detrimental to your business is a crisis. Like, Correct. Mm-hmm. it's not just, you know, yes, we are currently in a pandemic and we're facing unprecedented mm-hmm you know, times, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. A, a plan in regards to crisis management or reframing your business and your narrative should be, or, you know, should look at things outside of just pandemic or, you know, mm-hmm. this type of response, mm-hmm. because especially mm-hmm. depending on the type of in, uh, industry you're in, you know, a fire could wipe you out. A flood could wipe exactly. you out. Exactly. Um, and it, what made me think about this is, you know, I was on Twitter earlier today and I saw somebody had tweeted that a restaurant that I really, really like um, that was in um, West Village is closed permanently. And I'm can you like, mention wow, it or no? I'm not going to. <laughs> OK, but um, but since the pandemic, you mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. OK. They're closed permanently. And I was like, mm. wow, you know. Just not, not just, you know, singling out this restaurant, but I have seen right. this repeated so many times where so many right. restaurants have had to close permanently. And I'm like, you know, yes, I understand the impact that this type of, you know, environment has if you're somewhere that depends on customers coming in. But mm-hmm. what did you have in place? Like, you didn't have anything in place as a contingency? Well, and think about this it. This was your only option. But think you got to think about it. Um, you have to think about it from the specialty food market standpoint, right? So yeah. my investors every day or every time we <laughs> we have a meeting are so in awe by how we've been able to shift. But mm-hmm. six years ago, when we changed our business model. I thought about it from the perspective of convenience. If I'm going to pay all this money for a specialty project product, I don't want to have to go mm-hmm. get it. So how do I put mm-hmm. in a bomb delivery system where it allows us to look better on paper? Really? Because it's like, Oh, you deliver too for free. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. I'll always use you. But the other side of that coin was. We were trying out different things and we didn't want people to know or to think that we were unstable by how many times we were moving because we were moving from kitchen Mm. to kitchen using shared kitchen spaces. We were looking for where we were going to have our storefront. We were testing out different neighborhoods. So we said, well, if we're delivery only, people won't know where we operate, even though it's listed because they Mm -hmm. don't have to go there. So if we move from this kitchen to that kitchen, nobody will care because they never had to come. But if you it's think about restaurant delivery, exactly. But if you think about restaurant, of course, everybody always says location, location, location. And even though location is very important, when you think about a restaurant, restaurants don't make as much money as people think because they don't really have a payroll, right? You're paying mm-hmm. people so little that you're not operating at a surplus. You're just 
operating with a profit. And yeah, since you're not operating, meet. exactly. And so since you're not operating at this surplus because you're not planning for your payroll, you're just planning for your stability. If anything mm. happens, the first thing to go is your staff. Because you're like, well, we could be takeout only or we could do something different and we can still operate. Yeah, except no, because now you don't have enough people coming in. The prices are increasing at all of the restaurant um, supply stores. So now yep. you have to spend more money to make less product. What else are you going to do other than clothes? And that's the thing that people aren't thinking about, right? So for for us, we can shift from events to home birthday celebration situations but a large scale restaurant can't make one state yeah it's not even worth their time yeah this and pandemic has definitely about. definitely shifted so many different perspectives in terms of industry operation and the need and just and it's funny because I think for a long time, just the restaurant experience has been declining. Mm -hmm, like I think a lot sure. of people yeah. have. It's not as just kind of like kind of like with the movies, you know, mm -hmm. people aren't going physically to mm -hmm. the movies anymore because they have movies at their fingertips. Same thing with restaurant, you know, um, and are you, how much are you going to pay when you can when you have the not so much you have the movies at your fingertips, but it is more convenient and less mm -hmm. expensive for you to stay at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Snacks alone. Listen. Okay. <laughs> listen, and snacks. I love going to the movies, okay? But I'm not paying $50 for, for some popcorn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't, I've never realized, like, how much money you really spend when you're at the movies. Yeah. Like from the and tickets it, to the snacks. So then I just, you know, had to start making adjustments. <laughs> and it's, you know, the movies did try to shift and change because, you know, like some movie theaters start incorporating bars or they changed like the seating and allowed it to recline. But I don't, I think that it was a change that happened too late. Mm -hmm. um, and also it was not done in an effective way. To be able to reach mm -hmm, the mm -hmm, audience mm -hmm. that they wanted to reach, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I always like, think about that. Like, how can even if you look at like all these streaming services and stuff that are going on right now, although they're not doing like a lot of big movies until well after the fact, I'm pretty sure that's already been in the works mm -hmm. to start having movies go directly to some of the streaming sites. Especially for places like Disney that have their own streaming. Own streaming, yeah. But he, but that's been the case for what? The past, I don't even know if it's been a year yet where quality films have gone to Netflix and Hulu. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or they've, and Apple they've C created and Apple them. TV? Right, that's what I mean, that's what I mean. But instead of, instead of pitching, instead of the larger companies pitching to the larger talent there's something that's happening behind the scenes that of course we're not privy to if we're not in the industry mm -hmm. where it's like no it's more advantageous for you to do hulu netflix to just whatever, cut out whatever. The, mm -hmm. yeah, to cut out the middleman mm -hmm. 
And I don't yeah. think that movies are going to die, but I used to go to the movies every Tuesday because that was just my thing. And mm-hmm. one day at the movies, we were ta- I was talking to the person that was running concessions and they were giving me something. They always gave me free stuff because no one was ever there. And they knew that it was, <laughs> that I was coming because it was Tuesday, right? And they said, we don't make money off of the movie at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think on Tuesday, and I went on Tuesdays because it was like $4 or $5 or a very low, a very, very low price. But again, you want me to pay $25 for a bag of popcorn. No. And you know, what's, what's crazy is like, when I think about going to the movies, when I did used to still go, you know, like, let's take, for instance, the movie theater at Fairlane. Mm-hmm. They have two sides or just movie, like a lot of movie theaters have mm-hmm. two, two sides for the windows, you know, mm-hmm. for people to go. But one side was always closed mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. nobody would be there. So they only needed one side. And it, mm-hmm. I think that speaks to just America as a whole, how we kind of on for a long time, we built on surplus and did not realize that it was a sur- or didn't care that it was a surplus. And so mm-hmm. now that it's not, everybody's freaking out. But yeah. The end. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> not the end. <laughs> well, that was great conversation. Um, yes, so next up, we have our Millennial Minute, where we'll take some time to shine some light on some of our favorite entrepreneurs. Um, yeah, and that's just that. Uh, last week or last episode, uh, we talked about Bria and um, and Parrish. So, pardon me, <laughs> pardon me, sing them down, sing them down. <laughs> Listen, okay, iconic. That's a Bob. He needs to record that. Okay. Um. So, main doll, who is your millennial minute feature for the week? So, I feel like we eventually just gonna start shouting out people from past seasons. But I would like I definitely to would shout out Miss <laughs> <laughs> Leah Hill from Kendra yes. Media. I was riding down the street and I saw her on a billboard for the Detroit Census, and I was like, "Oh, hey, Leah, girl." How you doing? <clears throat> um, but yes, shout, shout out to Leah and the Kendrick Fest. I'm sure, you know, COVID-19 has disrupted, um, you know, the planning process for uh, Kendrick Fest 2020. But knowing Leah, she has something up her sleeve and I'm sure it's going to be fantabulous. So shout out to Leah and go listen to her episode if you have not done so. Yes, all that, all of that. Of this week <laughs> or this episode, I'm going to give my millennial minute to my very first friend, Lexis, aka hey. the Elmatic View, um, or Elbriana on Twitter. Um, she's amazing. She's actually in a show called McGraw Ave. And she's gonna kill me because I don't remember which streaming network it is. But <laughs> Go listen but to if you follow too. her on Instagram um, at the Elmatic View, it's all there. But it's a um, it's a Detroit based show about uh, 
police officers and drug dealers and such. And I'm excited oh, to dive in. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm excited to dive in. We was drinking. Is that the episode we was drinking the warm tequila? It is. And that, like, mm. it just explains so much about our friendship. Like, I've literally known this girl since kindergarten. She's the very first friend that I made on my own um, versus that was, like, kind of forced on me when I was a kid. So <laughs> I was not forced on you. We always call each other. Huh? <laughs> I said, I was not forced on you. <laughs> no, not you. But I'm saying, like, I have a lot of um, family yeah. friends whose children are the same age as me. So it wasn't like. I had to go out and make friends. We were already together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, yes, listen. shout out to Lexis. She lit. And I can't wait to watch this show because I've already been to one of her plays and I had an amazing time. She did a great job and I'm sure she would do um, nothing less than that um, in this series. And this even got uh, one of them basketball wives in it. I don't remember her name, but she in there. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I don't know which one, but she in there. <laughs> I think it's Jennifer. She in there. Girl, don't ask me. Jennifer. I could be lying, but anyways, this ain't about her. This is about Lexus. So yes, go check out McGraw <laughs> ad, follow her on Twitter and on Instagram. <laughs> oh man. This is great. All right. So now we're about to educate y'all with our Lessons from the New Kids University, where your favorite professors, myself and Professor Maindahl, will learn you something. So I'll go first this time. I won't be mean and make Jermaine go first. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Whatever. Anyways, um, <laughs> today's lesson is about taking ownership of your knowledge. Um, ever since I was a, a young grasshopper. My grandpa used to always tell me, like, education is important. Always go to school, um, do well in school and do well at really anything that you're you're doing. Um, so a big thing for me has always been that what I know and how I interpret things are are just that. They're mine. Um, that's your education is not something that somebody can come and take from you or I mean, they might steal it a little bit because they won't give you your credit, but. <laughs> it's the, they can't take it from you so if you choose to learn something in a particular area and other people don't like it that's okay like a lot of people could care less about consulting but it's something that I enjoy doing um, you know a lot of people don't care about crisis management but I like learning because in my head I'm Olivia Pope and I fix everything so oh my goodness but listen, I told y'all before, I'm going to tell y'all again, I didn't found the real life Olivia Pope on Twitter because um, apparently that character was based off of a real person. Yeah. So I found her and in my head, that's my mentor and I'm learning stuff. So yeah, that's it. That's all I got for y'all today. <laughs> bravo, bravo. Good job. Good <laughs> I'll answer. Let me get some sound effects. Hold on. Some sound effects. <laughs> and none of these sound effects. Oh, here we go. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. Here we go. <laughs> that was good. That one fit. Oh, oh wait, I got one more. That's a video. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Germany? What you got for yes. the people, girl? So, um, my 
lesson today is going to be about learning new hobbies, not skills, but hobbies. I think that, you know, during this time, as we're in a pandemic, and we've talked about this before, how we've been seeing the message of forced productivity and how it can be it can be pressurizing to some people to feel like they have to come out of this with a new skill. But I think that, you know, because we have built ourselves as these multifaceted individuals, we do all these great things that we need to make sure we take time for ourselves and just do things that we enjoy. They don't necessarily have to be things that you monetize, but, you know, it needs to be something that you enjoy, whether it's writing, jump roping, um, learning how to crochet. Like I'd recommend to my clients all the time that you have to make sure that you're taking time out for you away from your business, away from work, away from school. You know, it may be hard, but you need that time because that that gives your brain like an opportunity to rest and reset. And it may give you some new perspective too. Like you may have been trying to figure out something or a problem and you can't really get it down. And then all of a sudden, now that you've had this clarity, boom, you know, there it is. So, you know, take this time to just learn about yourself, pick up something that you would normally do as a hobby and see where it takes you, see where it leads you. You never know, you know, how that may help you on this journey and through this pandemic. Close this chapter. Did you say close this chapter? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not doing this with you today. I'm just not doing it. But mm, bravo. Too late. Let me get you some sound effects too. Hold on. <laughs> um, see, this is what happens when I be cheap and I don't get the app that don't have ads because now I'm watching the ad and I can't even press no sound. Here no. we go. Goodness. Are those bowling balls? Does that? It is. It's is a bowling that? strike. Okay, that might go. That might go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll add this Don't one head shy. No, goodness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy this, this part of my job. If you have not noticed, Garnet. <laughs> okay. I noticed, man. I noticed. Sheree, <laughs> technically it's still your turn. Oh yeah. Sorry. Oh Got distracted with my sound effects. Anywho, yeah. all right, uh it's time. Shut up, Jermaine. It's time for the lightning round. Hmm. <laughs> 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 All right, so it's time for a lightning round where you will have 30 seconds to answer these questions. However, nobody's counting. Um, and I feel like this is, this is cheating because you've probably already seen the questions, but that's okay. But you know right. what? We've had guests who've seen the questions and still don't, can't come up with the answer. I'm like, bro, this is about you. <laughs> that's always come my favorite. On, that's always my favorite. They'd be like, uh, uh, all right. <laughs> All right, Garnet, are you ready? Eyes ready. All right. So, are you a Detroit native? Yes. East side or west side? Born on the west, live on the east. So, can I claim both or I got to pick one? Because that's not sure. fair. 
That's, that right. sounds fair. Sounds like a good explanation. This uh, awesome. favorite Coney Island. L. Georgia, Sixth Inch Schaefer. Um, high school. Renaissance. First car. Buick Regal. Hey, you wait. That was less than 30 seconds, even though I didn't I count. Think. But we just, <laughs> we can go for it. <laughs> but favorite Coney Island, favorite Coney Island isn't fair because we all know as Detroiters, you have a favorite Coney Island for certain things. Also true. That is true. But that I still go with Elle Georges on Six and Shape. But, <laughs> you know. It used to be Sherwood Coney until they got a facelift and now it's not the same. Yeah. But, until they got a facelift. <laughs> yeah, when they renovated and basically built a new building and took away the styrofoam plates and had like real plates, it just, it was, it's different now. It's different. It's not the good ghetto no more. Nah. Nope. <laughs> they too classy. Mm. They too classy. <laughs> Y'all fancy on us. <laughs> Done got fancy. All right. So now we're going to get into the the real stuff. The meat and potatoes of the episode. Well, I feel like I shouldn't say meat and potatoes because I don't eat meat. But y'all know what I mean. <laughs> oh, my um, God. <laughs> I feel like that's not really a good metaphor for me anymore. <laughs> but that's all oh, right. Jesus. So, guys, on today's episode, we have Garnet here with us. And as you have already heard, she is the owner of Terry's Cakes. So, if you would like to take some time to introduce yourself some more, um, don't get too far in there because we're going to dive into some stuff. But just tell the people who you are. I don't really have anything else to say other than what I said earlier. Um, I do own some other businesses. I have a um, boutique coaching and consulting firm specifically for small businesses, which is like my super baby that I love so much because one thing that I learned as a business owner is the resources out there for other business owners are super attainable. Yeah. They just don't know they exist. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was really breaking my heart because you have all this funding, you have all this access, you have all these things that you can get for development purposes, what have you, and you just don't know it's there. And it's not a socioeconomic thing. It's not an educational thing. It's literally just I'm going to slide this resource here, but I'm going to put it on the 17th page of the website that nobody's ever going to look at in mm-hmm. hopes that I don't have to actually, you know, assist these small business owners. And so that's my other baby. Um, that is what I'll do post Terry's. I don't know if we're going to talk about that, so I won't talk about that. But um, <laughs> I like to travel a lot. So I'm really bummed during this COVID situation that I can't get Listen, on a plane and ain't never in the city. Never. This, like literally, this is the longest I've been in Detroit in probably since high school. Like actually, maybe middle school. I'd be like, I mean, where you at? You know, <laughs> here. <laughs> so, but that's who I am. Um, I don't know what else you want to know, but I'm sure you will ask. So I am ready. Of course, I am ready. We're getting ready to get all in your business. Like we're, we're a very nosy podcast. Business. 
a very uh, nosy podcast and we're going to mm. get mm-hmm. in your business. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. So, uh, it's cool. Open book. <laughs> all right, let's get it. So did you um, choose to pursue higher education and why or why not? Did I choose or did my parents make me debatable? But, I mean, talk about um, it. <laughs> a little bit of both. Uh, it's funny because I was, I mentor some, some students at Cody and I talk about this all the time. It was really just understood in my family that you were going to college and it was just a matter of which one you were going to choose. So I attended mm-hmm. Spelman, um, loved it. It was great. Amazing school. But if I would have been able to choose without any pushback from anyone in my family, I would have gone the trade route and then college. Um, Mm. I would have still gone to college just because for me, my experience, Spelman was not an academic trophy for me. Like most people are like, oh, I went to Harvard. I went to Stanford. I went to Yale. And they're talking about straight academics. For me, Spelman was, one of the best lifestyle changes and decisions I had to make for myself. Cause you have to grow up differently when you're on a campus of phenomenal black women. Like mm-hmm. you kind of have to be bomb, right? Not that there's pressure to be bomb. It's definitely, we accept you however you are, but you've never been in that setting before. Like I cannot think about any other situation where I would be amongst I don't know how many people there were on campus, maybe 4,000 students at a time, but you're on this campus with 4,000 black women that are doing something positive with their lives. Like best decision ever, whether I learned anything or not, like I did, but if I would not have, (laughs) it would have still been the best decision I ever made. But the why was really because of my parents and my grandparents. I'm very non-traditional such that, All of my grandparents were born between 1918 and 1920 and all of them went to college and all of them have a degree. So it's like if my grandparents could go back when no one was accepting black students, I think that it would be good for me to go too. Makes sense. So I guess I'm going to change this question a little bit. So what was your first job um, outside of college after I graduated uh, my first job was I was an English teacher in Japan hmm. oh, that sounds how fun. did you end up in Japan I googled like, it where did- uh, I googled it real <laughs> talk true story um, so I went to school originally for biomedical engineering and math because I'm a nerd and I wanted to finish the production of the bionic eye. I had a job right before I went to college and I basically found out if I pursued BME, I would basically be sitting behind a computer the rest of my career. Nope, I'm good. Um, so when I got to school, I still started in engineering because I'm like, I still really want to do this and I don't know what else I'm going to do, but... I don't know. We'll figure it out. And at some point while I was there, I changed to psychology and I loved psychology. And one day I will continue to pursue what I found out I wanted to do in college. But as I matriculated through school, life happened and I had to grow up really fast. Like I experienced 
a ridiculous number of deaths in college. Uh, like even more, by the time I graduated, more people, more of my friends had died than my parents combined. And my parents are 40 years older than me. So it was like, this is too much. I don't want to be a grown up. How can I go get a job and not be a grown up? And so I ended up graduating early, but I stayed in Atlanta because I was in the jazz ensemble and I didn't want to cancel basically my last tour with the with the ensemble so while I was there in Atlanta I'm like I should probably find a job since you know I'm done with school um and so I googled I think I googled opportunities abroad and teaching came up and I'm like oh I could do that and I taught English conversation which is much different than like actually being like a grammar English teacher right yeah um and so all these countries popped up and I'm like, I'm not going to China. I'm not going to Korea. There were some places in Africa, but they were too unsafe. Like I can't even think of places mm-hmm. that popped up, but I'm just like, oh no, not going there and not going to Guatemala. Like all these places, I just thought I was going to die if I was like a single black woman <laughs> by myself. Like, yeah. no, heck no. And so Japan popped up and I'm like, when do we ever hear about Japan in the news? Like Japan is kind of safe. Maybe I should go this route. And so I applied. Oh, and the school that I applied to was the only school that didn't, or the only application that didn't require my social security number. So I felt more <laughs> safe applying um, because you don't know, like, is it a scam? I don't yeah, know. I've never know really heard of this company. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And so I applied, I went to Chicago for, interview and they called me literally they called me we have three days of graduation at Spelman they called me the second day of graduation weekend festivities and said you got the job like I did not have a job until graduation weekend um and that was that and then I just went and it was the best two years of my life and I should have stayed a little longer but it was it was amazing so that's how I chose very random don't suggest doing that, you know, today, but 15 years ago, <laughs> it's a good idea. To teach English, I want to say this was maybe like three or four years ago, went through the yeah. interview process via Skype, um, and I got the job, and everybody was like, no, <laughs> you are not going, because I think it was in China, I'm pretty mm. sure it was China, and I, like I had told Shariah, told my mom. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've been abroad a few times, but they're like, you mean to live like for at least a year? My mom was like, I'm, I'm going to be in your suitcase. Yeah, my mom was not it. for it. My mom was not for it at first. My dad was like, this is insane. Um, but <laughs> I put it in the perspective. My parents never flew to see us. Mm. And so I said... Uh, they drove, they always drove, they came to visit, but they always drove to Atlanta. And so I said, dad, it takes you 12 hours to get to Atlanta. It's a 12 hour flight to Japan. It's literally like the same distance. And as crazy as that sounds, they were like, actually, come on perspective. Yeah. Like, (laughs) it's like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) And that was, you know, at that point, um, my grandmother actually died that summer and right before I was leaving. And my mom was kind of like, this is a good time for you to go and just start anew and, you know, but they were not for it either. They were a whole country. You don't speak the language. You've never been there. You don't know anybody there. 
are you sure you're going to a job? Like all the unknowns that parents and friends ask, but you know, yeah, it turned out for the better. It was good. I'm, and I'm glad you got that experience because, you know, it adds to your overall perspective and how you see the world. Mm-hmm. Too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. So do you think that like some of the things that you experienced while you were there have helped shape how you operate your business now? Mm, I'm sure. Yes. Um, if I had to give you a how right now, I don't know if I could, but definitely in how I deal with people. Um, because I'm so open to differences in people. And so mm-hmm. I don't have, even though, of course, you know, on the business plan, everybody has a customer, an ideal customer, right? But mm-hmm. because I've experienced so many different types of people, literally from all walks of life, nothing surprises me ever. And I have a little bit more patience because I've been in scenarios where we literally weren't speaking the same language and we had to figure out how to communicate. So I think that from a customer service perspective, that definitely did something for how Mm. I am able to coach people through just talking to people. Because I think that a lot of businesses fail because they don't know how to talk to people. Yeah. It's like they spend so much time trying to develop their service or product Mm -hmm. and they don't really Mm -hmm. take the time to understand and talk to their customer. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 Exactly. Exactly. And if you just talk to them and listen to what they were saying, you'd probably go a little further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it'd probably make operating your business a little bit easier, too, because you know exactly what they want uh, versus just trying to guess and see what happens. <laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and many people do the, the latter. Really like, wants. I'm going to just try something. <laughs> I'm just going to try something. And I hope. I hope. Girl, I will because I don't have a backup plan. <laughs> Listen, you will be surprised at the stories that come out of business. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, I can mm. only imagine. So I was um, looking at your website and I was kind of. Did you buy something? Did you buy something? I did not buy See? anything See? yet. Mm, mm, yet. Mm. <laughs> Why are we failing yet? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> And Seriously. we're definitely going to talk about what I'm interested in buying because I, I okay. already got my eye on things. Okay. Um, but one of the that. things that <laughs> one of the things that stuck out to me on your website is um, you said in production of so basically you weren't planning to to open a bakery or to to bake uh, but this or is something that your mom did at all or to be in food service. Yeah. At all. So th- yes. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> and it, uh-uh. One of the things that like really stuck out for me is um you were talking about um making some cakes for someone because your mom wasn't available. Um and then it Correct. says um in production, God made me completely aware of my mother's dream and my ability to bring it to life. Um and in the mm-hmm. first week you made over 150 cupcakes for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was that moment like for you when you realized like this isn't what I planned on doing, but this is what I'm going to be doing? <laughs> So God and I have an interesting relationship because first 
God is my homeboy. Jesus is also my homeboy, but God is like, listen, bro, what is God going is big on homeboy, big homeboy. Right. <laughs> so at the time, literally I was working in major league baseball. Like I didn't even have a BS job. I'm like, if I could, if I had a job right now that didn't really matter and I wasn't really doing anything. Okay. Maybe. Thanks. Thanks for the plug. But that wasn't my life. And so I was, <laughs> I was at the time I was married and we lived in a one bedroom apartment. Our kitchen was the size of like a closet. Not even. And so on one hand, the moment was just surreal because I'm like, I don't even know how I baked all this stuff. On the other hand, the moment was overwhelming because I'm like, wait, I don't even want to do this. Like, I'm interested in baseball right now. This is where I'm going. Like, this is the life I'm trying to live. I don't understand. And so in that moment, I made a promise, commitment, whatever to God. And I said, now, listen, if you can make me my salary with this little bacon stuff, I'll quit. But then I shouldn't have said that because I don't know if that's what I wanted at the time, but that's what happened. <laughs> and if you can just imagine, I mean, it was, gotta be careful it was a crazy time. Got to be more careful, right? But it's, Listen, it's one of those things specific. where it's just specific because what do you, what do you do? And, and when people think about 150, and I said, I think I said cupcakes on the, on the website, but it was 150 orders, which meant it was way more than 150 cupcakes. But the crazy wow. part was when I started, I only knew how to bake one thing and that was carrot cake. That was the only thing that I knew how to make. So when people were calling and we had like, we set up a blog. It was so bootleg, y'all. Like, <laughs> I don't even know why people <laughs> were buying stuff for me because it was so bootleg. But they were asking for things I hadn't heard of. And I'm just like, yep, we can make that. And then I'm like, what is that? I don't even know what, huh? <laughs> and so it, like, there were so many emotions. That moment was full of every emotion because you're scared, you're excited, you're happy. Of course, the revenue stream. So you're like, bet I'm out here balling on some cupcake dollars. Like, you know, it's just lots of things were going on. So it was a good moment, though, obviously, because six years later, I am still here. So there's that part, too. Nice. And that kind of just like segued right on into the next question. So uh, we said you've been doing this for six years. So how do you six years. keep yourself motivated? Mm, that's always a hard question. And you all should not ask people a question because I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. <laughs> um, how do you keep yourself motivated? I, it's really my why. Um, so I continue the business. I started the business because of my mom saying, no, I'm over it. Right. But I continued mm -hmm. the business because while, so this kind of answers your question. And I didn't think about it until this moment, your question about Japan and how it like influences what you do now and how you see it in business. Mm -hmm. So when I was in Japan, one thing that I noticed differently than anywhere else in the world that I had traveled is their sense of community. If you've never been to Japan, go don't start in Tokyo though, because Tokyo is too, is too commercial. So it's not as Japanese -y as some other places. 
but their mm-hmm. sense of community is stronger than any place else. And what I mean by that is they support their own in every sense of the word. We're eating food that we grew. We're wearing clothes that we created, developed, manufactured, so whatever words you want to use, like whatever <laughs> word goes there, right? Um, but everything that we do feeds back into our community. No, I don't want to go to college somewhere else. I want to go to college in Japan because I want to be able to give back to the, the city that raised me and make sure my family is good, yada, yada, yada. And I realized that I had never seen that before. Even, you know, in Detroit, Detroiters go hard for Detroit, but Detroiters still mm-hmm. go shopping at Somerset Mall. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm, are you really all for community or are you for what you like? And sometimes it happens to be in the community. Right. And so when I started mm-hmm. the business and I was really trying to figure out if I was going to make it a business or if I was just going to do the stuff my mom didn't want to do, um, I started thinking again about community. And at the time I was doing community relations for MLB. And so I said, well, if I have my own business, I can control how the community is impacted by the business that I have created. And so about two or three years into the business, I actually developed a foundation and the purpose of the foundation after the storefront opens the purpose of the foundation will be to serve as like a co-op situation for high school students in Detroit public schools. And they'll actually get paid into trusts that will pay for their higher education, whatever they so choose that to be. And they'll be paired with financial advisors that will teach them how to use money basically. And so now that's my motivation because every day I choose not to work quote unquote, I'm really sabotaging the future of a high school student that wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity if our company doesn't help them. And I'm not saying it as a handout thing, but as a reality thing. Our shop is located in one of the worst areas, but also one of the newly developed or newly developing Mm -hmm. areas in the city. And so you have a lot of students that are in homes with no one that has ever been formally educated. I mean, all the people in the house have not been formally educated except for them and they don't know what to do. Right. So if they did have a job, they would probably be paying bills at the house just because they have to help out. But what would their life be like if you taught them where they could go and what they could have and what they could do with their, their money and all that stuff. And so it keeps me motivated. Like that is literally the reason we're out here baking these cakes like no tomorrow because I know that the more cakes we bake, the more students we can send to a, a different future. I won't say better necessarily, but just another another place, another opportunity. Nice. Come on, word. That's, that's awesome. That's a, there's Thank a lot you. of um, um, high school students that are just kind of in that that middle area of not knowing what to do and mm-hmm. deciding mm-hmm. And where they want to go and so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like we, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. through my, um, my not, my unnamed nine to five corporate job, <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we also um, mentor at Cody as well. Mm. So I know firsthand what that experience it's can hard. be like. And it's, yeah. Especially with what 
those kids go through. Like I always use the example, mm-hmm. we were visiting there and um, my mentee at the time, I was supposed to be walking around with him and seeing like his different classes, you know, all that different stuff. And at the time they were still split into two different schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we walking past the lunchroom and I was getting ready to go in there and he's like, absolutely not. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I didn't know, like, you know, what that meant. And he was just talking about how, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of fights in there and there's just so much that goes on in there. And he just didn't want to expose me to that, which I thought was funny because I'm like, I'm the big, I'm the big person here. Like, <laughs> like I'm okay. Like we can, we can go there, but he was adamant about uh, protecting me. So I just think that that's, um, kind of sad that it has to be like that. So I think that it's awesome having those type of programs to push them in, in a, a better direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all fun stuff. So now I'm going to ask you another question and I feel like you're going to be like, why are you asking me this? Because <laughs> <laughs> I always feel like when I'm like watching other people cook, they never answer this for me because they just be doing stuff because they know it off the top of their heads. So uh, what's your process for coming up with uh, different recipes or um, is there a particular dish that you don't like baking or don't like making? Um, so that's funny because I don't really like baking at all. It's always funny when people ask that because it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. All of them. I don't know. Um, but what is my process? What are you asking? How like how do I put things like together? You- like the like do you create thing? your own recipes or every day? Okay, so that okay, so there is no process. It always happens, and it's usually by mistake. Um, one of our <laughs> okay. newest flavors, one of our newest flavors is pineapple lemonade that apparently slaps. I haven't even tasted it yet, um, <laughs> but I was making, I was making lemon cake. And then I started either talking to somebody about pineapples or forgot what I was doing. I don't know what happened exactly in the moment, but when I put it together, I was, I texted one of my baker friends in DC and I'm like, Oh shoot, I just put this in here. And so then I go to Google and I'm like, does this flavor exist? Like have other people done what I just did or is this going to be a fail? And so I just kind of let it ride and it, it went in one of our cake boxes a few months ago and people were like, Oh my God, this is the best ever. And so we kept it, but that was a fluke. Um, a lot of our recipes come from our, come from our clients where they'll just say, I was, you know, five and my grandmother made me this. Can you make it too? I don't know. Sure. Let's try and see. I don't know what it tasted like. So I don't know if this is right, but I can put those things together and make something else, you know. Um, so a lot of our flavors come from that. And then some of our flavors just come from you were walking in the grocery store one day or you're at the market at, at like Easter Market or somewhere and something is new in season and you try it and it just works. Because in baking, Baking is a little different from cooking such that cooking is not as calculated. So baking, the base is really kind of the same. And then you just throw some other extras in there and see if it works. So it's a little different um, because after you perfect your like base situation, you're good. And then you could try whatever you want. I don't know if that answered your question, but that it was did. my it answer. Did. 
Okay. It did. <laughs> okay, great. Great. So also while I was um making my way around this website, I came across these uh subscription boxes and I need to know more. Like so how did you come up with this idea? Which which one is on the website? The cake box is on the website. Um, because we have some other subscription boxes coming through the pipeline. But um Ooh, the cake box became a thing because people always want slices from us and you can't get that because we're not a storefront. So you don't have the luxury of coming in like you would to, you know, a big box storefront. Um, and just trying 10 different slices. And so people would call us and they're like, are you sure you can? But what if? And da, 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 da. And so we said, well, let's, let's see if we can make this happen. And it took us a really long time to even pull the plug on because we wanted it to be something where there are flavors that are unique enough that people would still want to try them. But safe enough where if somebody fell in love with the flavor it was something that we would actually want to make if that makes sense so it's kind of our we're gonna give you like the full gamut because a lot of our customers really like our vanilla cake so most of our orders are vanilla cake and so we're like well don't you want to try don't you want to try don't you want to try no i like the vanilla i'm good vanilla's good we're good and so this is also a way to just get people just trying other stuff just in general. Um, but it's been beneficial because um, a lot of our brides get it. A lot of our brides mm. order it uh, mm. and a lot of our brides are out of state. So they get to basically enjoy their wedding cake every month, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's a whole nother experience. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Because if you because if you like strawberry cake, right? Every time you go place an order for cake, you're going to get strawberry. But what if you didn't know you like caramel chocolate Hennessy, but then you had some, and now it's mm-hmm. like, oh, let me try some of this other stuff. Or we're known for our carrot cake, so maybe you tried carrot cake and you're like, well, I don't want anything else because carrot cake is so good. But then in the box, you'll still get the carrot cake, but you'll also get four other flavors that just introduce you to some different things. Ingenuity. I like that idea. (laughs) And I was looking at that box and I was like, you know, I just set these weight loss goals, but I think I'm about to get this box anyways, because. But it's only five slices. That's literally one slice a week. Right, you ain't got to eat one slice a day. (laughs) I mean, see, this is what we always say. Just throw them in the freezer. Like, take your one out, throw the rest in the freezer. And then you're going to forget you had them. And then one day you'll be going in the freezer for something else. No, that's not. Okay. I tried. I tried. (laughs) I tried. tried. I'm going to (laughs) remember. You're like, no, no, I know. I'm be like, Jermaine, is your fault I ate all these cakes? <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to order 15 cakes and eat the whole thing. It's, it's going to be no, great, but I'm going to no. do it. So. We wouldn't allow you to go too crazy. 
I just, I feel like I would be unstoppable once I get started. Like, I would be ordering cakes in other people's names and stuff, so y'all won't know. Not like you a superhero. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. I'm I am a superhero. Oh, my God. I'm just the saying. Best. The best. <laughs> so, what are some of the ways um, that you are allowed uh, to let your personality shine through your work? Um, we only do what I like. I know that sounds real crazy and probably also really bad, but, um, (laughs) I love floral cakes. I love fresh flowers on cakes. It's my thing. I love it. And so that has really become the brand because we have these, we, we have a florist that we work with and we basically have first dibs of what comes in and we have gorgeous flowers that we put on our cakes. Love them. Um, but I'm also really simple just in terms of, I don't know if I want to say I'm, I don't know what word. Simple is probably not Simplistic. the best word, but Simplistic. I mean, but even still, like, you know, it's fine. We'll go with that. Um, and in that, I like cakes that don't have too much on them because it takes away from the taste of the cake and you're more focused on what it looks like. And if you think back at all your birthdays or whatever you celebrate and eat cake, wherever you celebrate and eat cake, usually it was like your grandma's cake. That was the best. Your auntie's cake. That that was the best. It didn't necessarily look that great. Right. But it was a good cake. And I think that so many people have gotten to the gotten into the art of cakes which is amazing and there are some things that are just ridiculously gorgeous but also like do you want to bite into your own head no you don't right (laughs) so how do you how do you make the cakes memorable but keep them elegant but keep them practical and I think that I am all of those things and so I've focused on that side of the of the cake decoration now we do some wild and crazy things sometimes and I can also be wild and crazy sometimes so I guess balance right but I think the biggest thing is just like that floral simplistic elegance it all just comes together and everybody likes it and I I appreciate that well that's what's important right Mm -hmm. that's the important Mm -hmm. part Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure for sure so we talked about this a little bit in crisis management, but specifically mm-hmm. like in relation to your business, how has COVID-19, if it has at all, um, impacted your business? Whether We're positively busy. or negatively. We're busy AF. I don't know how open I could be on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah, there's no, there's no um, <laughs> We always forget to tell people in the beginning, like, just go. Just go for it. Yeah, it, it's insane. It's it's insane. Um, we before now we were pretty much a corporate bakery. A lot of corporations use us as their specialty bake shop. Um, mm-hmm. but that could be anything from you know we're having a baby shower in the office to we're having birthdays in the office, whatever it is. Uh, also retirement parties and whatnot. But in that. We did, and of course, weddings and large-scale private personal events. Um, in that, our revenue was bomb, but we didn't work a lot. We 
took on large orders, we had standing clients, but you, we weren't working 24 hours a day, not, not literally baking things. Um, Mm -hmm. This COVID life, we're baking all day, every day. And it's insane. I mean, we're looking at our numbers and we're like, how are we increasing production this month? Like how has our revenue increased this month and nobody has a job? Like, how yeah. is this working? But what we realized is little Billy that's turning five doesn't care if you have a job. I want my birthday cake because it's my birthday. <laughs> yeah. And so all of our things, um, all of our orders now are birthdays, anniversaries, and then paying it forward. Like those are our three, mm. our three things. So we're not doing, you know, our crazy wedding cakes, but what we have learned is the the business model we created is stronger. I don't know if stronger is the right word or just more practical than what a lot of people are just trying to learn how to do now. And that's just our delivery system. We figured it out how it's easy to order. We confirm everything. We deliver it for you. We explain to the recipient how the delivery is going to go. And then they enjoy the cake. So it's a truly stress-free mm-hmm ordering and enjoyment process and I think that's worked in our favor and so it's just it's insane I am grateful but it's it's insane it's insane I I can imagine so you know because I'm thinking like people are at home more too mm-hmm. they have more time mm-hmm. to actually like oh you know I've been seeing this but now I actually have the chance to like look yep. and order and figure out what it is that I want yeah like we're literally so, doing we're literally doing like 40 dozen cinnamon rolls a week and we only do them one day a week. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy. So you mentioned paying it forward, you know, and just Mm -hmm. in like a general scheme of things, what are some things that you think people can do to support like small business owners during this time? Um, You know, we've seen like people who, all these like stories online and um, like different stores have converted to delivery. But what are some like other ways that you think that people can contribute? Share, share, share and yeah. share. Um, people think that the best ways, the best ways to support businesses are by buying things. Well, me, Garnet, the owner of a cake shop, I don't even really like cake that much. I can't eat cake every day. So I don't expect anyone else to eat cake every day. Right. (laughs) But we're still a business. And you think about it, the average home maybe has four birthdays, maybe. So that's one birthday a quarter. So we're making what, $200 a household. Like that's not going to sustain us anyway, even if you were buying cakes for everything. Right. But Mm -hmm. just think about how many times you have something And you tell, like for me, my friends will have the products and then they'll tell me, hey, they'll send me a text. Hey, Garnet, that cake was so good. Thanks so much. That's cool, but put it on your page so other people can see it, Mm. so other people order. And that's the part that people miss um, during this time, especially. You're all on social media all day anyway because you're on these Zoom calls and you're not listening. Like, let's let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> so since you're on wow, Facebook, me just go ahead and share that post. Right. I mean, you know. And so I think that, that is, that's a major, major, major thing. 
And then if mm-hmm. you're thinking about spending money, buy gift cards, send other people things. So you may say, oh, it's my homie's birthday. Let me send them a cake. I don't have to eat the cake, but they might want some cake for their birthday. Or if you're another business, if you're a restaurant, you want to support a restaurant, send lunch to an essential worker. You don't even have to know the person. Like, put up a post. Does anybody know any essential workers? And send, you know, send something, a sandwich from, you know, random spot or some ribs from Timo's Barbecue or something from Young Village. If y'all are looking for an essential worker, (laughs) I volunteer myself. Listen, somebody send send Maine some food, but but that's Please. that's what people that's what people can do. I think that a lot of people think about it in terms of what they have. Like, do I have mm-hmm. money to support them? It doesn't always take money. Shares are free. You looked at the cake, you liked the picture, just share it. Like, literally, just add it to your story. It doesn't take much, but you adding that to your story shows two thousand people that didn't know we existed. That might mm-hmm. be one sale. That might be 2,000 sales, right? Um, and then just sending it to somebody else. Like those are the those are the the two things that are like major mm-hmm. keys during this time. Yeah, smart. And sharing something is free, you know? Like you don't have to put any money towards hitting the share button on Facebook or exactly. Instagram or your other social media platform of choice. So something that I've noticed um, lately that you've been doing is recipes for, um, you know, like primary, secondary school children. And I think it's really interesting, especially now, because with the kids being out of school, um, they're at home all the time. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm, parents mm -hmm. are trying to find ways to engage their kids outside of just like normal schoolwork. So mm-hmm. is that something that you've always done or did you just recently come up with that idea and no. you know, what sparked it? It's new. Um, so I learned how to bake by literally sitting in the kitchen with my mom. When I took the first order as quote unquote Terry's Cake Detroit, mm-hmm. I didn't know that I knew how to bake anything. Um, I knew I knew how to make carrot cake. Because it was the one cake that I made when I was in college and I would stay at my friend's houses. I would make their family a cake because thank you and I'm poor. So here you go. But <laughs> um, but now when I was thinking about just creative learning, obviously once a teacher, always a teacher. What are you all doing with these kids all day? Mm-hmm. Why don't you just make something? Right. And if you're cooking, you're talking if at least thinking from my childhood, if you're cooking together, you're talking about it. And if you're talking about it, you're teaching them something. What is it that you're teaching them? If I give you all these recipes that you all have been asking for anyway, whether you have kids or not, here's your recipe, have a good day. But then if you have kids, it's like, hey, now they can help you make this sweet treat that they're going to get once a week because you only get one recipe per week. But then you can teach them so many things with this one recipe. Yeah. And I think, I think that whenever I was just sitting there like, man, what are these kids going to do? It made sense. And I started talking to some of my teacher friends and we're doing like this whole curriculum. It's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy yet very simple idea that we came up with just as a way for everybody to just relax. Like everybody's stressed out. 
Sugar makes people a little less stressed. And math, while making something that will be sweet when you finish, is just like the icing on the cake. Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, just the concept is an excellent way to stay relevant because, again, like you have this situation that nobody was really prepared for. You know, teachers weren't prepared to be able to or have to do virtual classrooms or having to send out packets for like the next two to three months and parents weren't prepared to have their kids home 24 seven or for, you know, to be off work. So you've definitely created an opportunity for people to engage and do something fun, but also, you know, give a lesson too, which is important because they need it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the six years that you've been, you know, operating, have you come across any challenges you know, with this business and how have you overcome them? Child money. We're poor. Business owners are poor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's really the biggest challenge. I mean, ongoing challenge, I would say, Um, as you all know, you're not really profitable until years five through seven. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're doing all this work. You're working like crazy. My dad used to ask me, are you really making any money? Are you really making any money? And for a long time, it's like the answer is yes, but no. Right. So whether you're making, and when people start putting things into perspective, like I was working a full-time job for the whole first year of the business. The first year I made $35,000 with the business. Mm -hmm. That's more than most people make. Just on a regular salary, right? So you're Mm -hmm. trying to conceptualize how is this business owner poor when they're making a whole salary? And it's like, well, that was our, that was our revenue, not our profit. Like, let's first understand that, right? And then you're trying to grow and you're trying to figure out how large you want to go and, oh, you want to buy this building. Okay. So you need to save for that building. Oh, you need some new kitchen equipment. Oh, you have to save for that. And I think people just don't realize how much money we need as business owners versus how much money we have or don't have as business owners. That was a big challenge. Yeah. But as I said, also, I was married when I started, got divorced somewhere in the middle. And that was by far one of the the second most grueling challenges because I was planning people's wedding cake situations while going through a divorce Mm. what Mm, like i gotta convince you girl that this is the best decision of your life all the while i'm over here getting divorced and i wore my ring until like we were in court signing the papers right and so people are like oh you're married that's so great what was your wedding like so it's like every time (laughs) i meet with a bride i'm going through quote unquote the best day of my life but not because i'm going through a divorce And so that was another, as the business owner, you can't be a person. No, you're the business owner and your life is perfect because you own this business. No, 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 no. So that was the, that was the other, the other piece. And then I think the third piece was trying to find the right village. Um, Cause I can't even say partners and connections because it's deeper than that. So just like you have friends, in real life, where you're actually talking about your life. In business, 
who do I call when I have this customer that I don't know how to deal with? Because I can't call another customer and say, what would you do? So how do I navigate this thing? Or what do I, what do I do when I'm having trouble with a vendor? Who can I call? Who can I talk to? I can't go to social media because I can't be tied to my business complaining about another business. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do you, Mm -hmm. how do you navigate the complexities of the relationships without outing yourself as a business owner that's struggling? Um, Because the struggle isn't necessarily a negative. I mean, it's just an obstacle that you're overcoming but if you don't have that village and then it's like, who do you trust here? Who can, who can you give all your business to that's not going to use and abuse it? Who can you talk numbers with that's not your accountant? How can you talk about yeah. business ideas without calling your attorney? Like, I don't want to pay you $300 to ask you if this <laughs> shirt is cute. Like, who can I call that's not going to steal my idea? You know, and so those were probably like the three in the six years that were just, these are the challenges we're looking yeah, that in the face. Is so important. That village is mm-hmm. so important because you can you as a business owner, like as an entrepreneur, you get frustrated. Like it's there's no way of avoiding it. A frustrating mm-hmm. the frustration is going to come, whether it be from a customer, whether it be from an idea that you have in your head that you can't get out right. You know that frustration is going to come, and you have to find a way to let it out without. Tarnishing your brand, right? Or you know, alienating your customers, and right. it's you know having that village there is so important, right? Right, for sure. So, you know, as we've been talking, you've talked about the different things that you do besides Terry's Cakes Detroit. Do you mm-hmm. have a goal, or do you have a plan of tying everything together, or you know? Is are you going to do now? Why would I tell you? Why would I tell you that? Why? Why would I? (laughs) Just kidding. Um, So when I was a kid, I wanted to um, own a hotel and a car dealership. That's what I wanted to do. And so everything that I do, as far as my business ownership is concerned, because there are there are quite a few businesses under my umbrella that are. Mm current or coming or what have you they all tie into the hotel which is funny because during this time people are like hotel why would you open a hotel right one day people are gonna need a hotel again um but that's what i've always wanted to do and when i thought about the bakery i'm like okay this kind of fits because the bakery actually um the storefront is opening in september Unless, you know, something happens with COVID and we can't, but the storefront is opening in September and part of the storefront model, if you will, we're going to be a dessert bar at night and on the weekends. And so the Mm. dessert bar concept that we're coming to Detroit with will also exist in the hotel. The hotel may or may not be in Detroit. Um, so, you know, like that, like we're, we're taking elements and we're moving them around to bring everything together. Uh, I actually want to move into more coaching. I Garnet want to move into more coaching. And so over the next mm, six to 12 months at this point, I'll probably not be doing Terry's that much anymore. Like I'll still be the owner and I'll still function, Mm -hmm. but 
there will be a head baker, there will be a manager, there will be staff that's not me. So people won't see me as much um, because I want to do more coaching. I want to help more small businesses because I've realized during this six year period, my heart is still in business and I just want people to, mm-hmm. to grow. So me, Garnet, that's where everything is going. But the brand as a whole all comes together with the with the hotel. And it all feeds well, you into, would be an feeds excellent coach because you have ac- absolutely motivated me. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> yes, okay, I need to get on my stuff. Um, yes, get so, on it, get on it. You know, with this idea of coaching, when you think about like mm-hmm. the millennial generation in Detroit, mm-hmm. where would you recommend um, the most groundwork be done, whether it be like education, uh, politics, um, you know, all of the different facets that go into making Detroit run. As we look into the future of Detroit, where do you think millennials are needed most? Hmm. Where are they needed most? They're, <laughs> they're needed in innovation and they're needed in mental health. Um, mm. that's, that's it. Uh, it's like a bakery exists because people like dessert. That's that's all it is. But what makes me different than any other bakery that exists? It's my mindset is a little different and I'm a little more innovative. That's it. Like it's the food is the same. It may taste different, but it's the same. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that too many people just if you think about it, like when I graduated from college, we graduated in a recession slash depression. And so no one was getting jobs. So everybody went to law school. What are all y'all lawyers doing now? You know what I mean? There are too many of you. So what are we doing where we're going to focus on the people, the people's needs in the future? You have a business because you're filling a need of a client. You're not, you're not successful at business because you had a good idea. Everyone has good Mm -hmm. ideas most of the time, but they don't know how to execute them in a way that makes them profitable. Right. Which is why people are not all billionaires. Um, And I think that also, just even if you just look at COVID, if you just look at this pandemic that we're in right now, who is protecting the mental health of the people on the front line? Who is mm. it? Because we don't have enough therapists because our generation is so, uh, therapy is so taboo. Like now it's becoming a thing and now people are talking about it more, but it's so taboo. And it's like, but who are you talking to? Because I know yeah. you're not good because you're going through a pandemic. So none of us are good. You know, we may... Different people have done different soul work, of course, but overall, when all of this is done, everybody's expecting normal and normal will be different. And so who is going to tend to those people that have realized different exists? Real. Yeah, I think mental health, like we're starting to see stories about people on the front lines losing their battle with mental health. And it's really important that people have the resources and opportunities to take advantage of during this time because you mm-hmm. know so many things are changing for the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you never really know what's going to happen next. So, Not you at mentioned all. this a little bit, but tell us a little bit more about the store coming in September 2020, I, I'm assuming. You know, yep, yep. COVID willing. Yep. Tell us, right. tell us a little bit more about the store. It is bomb.com. So it is a 4,000 square foot 
space that has um, movable walls so that you can rent out different spaces, different sizes as an event space, as a lunch meeting, as a I just don't want to see other people, whatever the case. <laughs> Me. Um, listen, Mood. listen, that part. Social distancing, if you will, whatever. Um, <laughs> it, it has everything in the space is movable. Uh, so we talked about uh, Japan again. Japan surfaces here too. The Japanese people are so smart. Like, if you want to see some innovation, go to a Japanese person's house because everything in their house moves. Nothing is stationary, and everything serves dual purposes. So, one of the things that we'll be doing in the in the space is teaching baking and decorating classes both to novice bakers and to professional like bakers that own bakeries um and so for us it was we don't want to have to turn over the space but we also don't want a stationary space that's ugly and so everything Mm -hmm. in our kitchen comes out and rolls out and we have these bomb tables that everybody can sit at it looks like a little art studio it's so cute can't wait to share it with the world um then of course we have the dessert bar feel so all of this is in one space everything is moving about and changing around um, but we have a dessert bar space that will transition the space into a bar-esque feel with live entertainment, cocktail tables, okay. uh, banquet. Come through with the live entertainment. Listen, can't wait. Stoke, <laughs> stoke, stoke. Listen, I'm right. available um, if you need me to like read a poem or something. No, I got you. Garnet. I I'm, think I got you would be answer. a good MC. I'm in yes. there. Whatever. Just give me okay, a microphone. Whatever. Just don't let you. her perform. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I think that this space is going to be very unique and very different. Um, it's it looks expensive. I mean, it is expensive, but it looks expensive and it looks homey at the same time. And I think that that brings some kind of comfort to people. If you think about like everybody loves their hole in the walls, right? But when you think about mm-hmm. going out. The atmosphere matters and you want, you don't want to see bulletproof glass. You just want to be able to sit and relax. I want to also know that there's like a police officer in here in case something pops off, but I don't want it to look like that. And so I was very strategic in how we design the space so that everybody from the neighborhood, from Gross Point, because 90, I haven't done the math lately, but probably 95% of our customers are not black. So you, so I, in building this, I have to cater to who my actual customer is while also making Mm -hmm. everyone in the neighborhood feel good. And then all the people that are going to come because it's like, oh, a black woman owns this. So I got to come support. I need all of you to be comfortable in this space. And so I was Mm -hmm. very strategic in how I created a space that was warm, that was inviting, that was safe, that wanted, that made people want to come and stay and kick it for a while. That's real. So where do you see Garnet Terry in five years? On a beach? (laughs) (laughs) Five years from now, five years from now, I'll still be grinding it out. I'll still be working. Um, in five years, that'll be that'll be two years before the hotel opened. Um, okay. So there's that. There's that little nugget for you. 
Um, okay. But I plan to be very wealthy. I plan to be able to live a life that is not, that I'm not famous. Like my face is not famous, but I am known and respected in the business community and I'm able to form pretty much any partnership I want. And I'm able to dive into any business concept I want. I want to be a major investor in the small business realm, um, coaching clients through some of their biggest deals and making sure they're not wasting money or making poor decisions. And I see myself either owning or partially owning a plane because that is important to me. (laughs) Being able to go when I would like to. Period. So, period, poo. (laughs) And and five years from, oh no, no, not yet. Just kidding. Just kidding. That won't be five years. That's more like seven. (laughs) JK. JK, I answered the question. (laughs) Yes, you did. Beautifully. So our last official question. And this question always kind of shakes people up a little bit. If you could switch places with someone for one week, who would it be? Now, before you answer, we have a couple of addendums. Yes. This person, this person can be dead or alive. However, you you would be alive if you choose them and they're dead. (laughs) You don't have to be dead. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. <laughs> you We've had somebody just say they wanted to just die. Like they wanted to experience the after death. <laughs> we had to clarify. We got to, you know, clarify some things. But you get all of their problems, all of their successes, family drama, um, money, you know, knowledge, all of that good stuff. But, you know, you're switching places for a week. So, be that as it may. Okay. That's a good one. His actual name is. Yes, that is a good one. Yeah. I think that, that it's good. so funny because whenever people say, like, who is my celebrity business crush? Because it's not a, it's a, it's a business thing. Um, it's him. Like, I don't care who he's married to or how they got there. That's none of my business. But can we okay. talk about how this man designs interiors for Maserati? Like, okay. houseway. You have a whole I did not know that. and art collection. Yes. Like, he, like people are like, Swiss beef. He ain't just married to... What? Like, <laughs> you all need to look him up. Like, you attended Harvard's B-School. And finished it. You have all of these relationships in the art sector that people can't even touch. Like when you start looking at just who he works with and what he does, it's insane. Then, of course, you're still a producer. So you're still who you are in the music scene or or on the music scene. Your wealth. He's not a billionaire. I don't even know how much he's worth, but he's Mm -hmm. he's comfortable. Like you're good. You have a whole art museum in your house. Like you're you're good. And I think that becoming him, even though I wouldn't be communicating with him, becoming him would allow me access to his network and his partnerships. And on a business, on the business front, how do I get a seat at the table and a voice in the conversation? Just tell me that. Like, I don't need, there's a, 
there's a guy that I know that started a trucking company 50 or 60 years ago now. Um, he lives in Farmington and I grew up with his daughter. And when he found out I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I was actually becoming one, he let me know that if you ever get in the room, if you ever get to the table, don't forget to ask people how they did it. So many times mm. people go to these successful business owners and they ask for handouts, they ask for money, they ask for introductions, they ask for other stuff, but they never say, how did you do it? And if we could just get into a room, so if I could get in there with with Mr. Dean's connections and say, how mm-hmm. do I do this again? How do I copy this, duplicate it, emulate it, whatever? And they told me because I'm him, I'd be good for a long time. Yes. Period. Shariah. Yes. <laughs> How may I be of assistance? <laughs> what is going on? I could not. Girl, I cannot. her shenanigans. Listen, I actually have my person today. What? It's a miracle. Shut up, Jermaine. Anywho, I have my person today. And I don't know if we discussed this before. Um, If not, I'm making a new rule for this question. I'm going to pick a fictional character. No, we have not discussed this before. We will discuss this later. But I'll allow it for now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but you know what? I have picked a fictional character before because I think I picked Pity Proud. One of the episodes. No, you didn't. But go ahead. <laughs> what? A, I thought I did. Maybe that was something else. Anywho, I'm going to be Celesta. I'll allow who? it. You're going to be who? <laughs> I'm going to be Celesta. And she's the main Celesta? character. She's the main character of Jermaine's book. Why Oops. haven't I read this book, Jermaine? I don't know, Garnet. <laughs> Wait, so, are these the two books that I bought when I met you that I didn't read? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Yeah, read that from the <laughs> podcast. I am a good friend, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> At least I, I have them. I bought you. them. I you bought do. Them. Listen, yes. I feel you. I bought both of them. I was like, oh, you yes. a whole author? Give me the books. Okay. I'll read them yes. before 2020 and is for over. Those of you I promise. All- harassing me i am working on book three okay leave me alone it's coming <laughs> and this We're will not be the end of the series and i'm not leaving you alone until you make it clear no i'm definitely not doing it i'm definitely not that's doing why it. i'm being celesta so i can figure it out even more but i'm really being <laughs> her because so here, i'm gonna get to that in a second so i'm being celesta because she has powers that i would like to experience so, like, without giving it away too much, she can do things with her mind. And that's what yeah. I want to do. Yes. And that's just that. But y'all also should know a little fun fact about Jermaine and I's friendship. <laughs> is that <sighs> some of these characters are based off of her real life friends. Mm. And I have my theory on which one is me. (laughs) (laughs) 
and I'm never telling you. So confirm or deny. Like the most I've been able to get out of her is that one of them heifers is me, but she won't tell me which (laughs) one is me. (laughs) So if we have recently, I don't know if that's a good friend or a bad friend. I don't know. Exactly. You may be in book three. If we have recently become friends, you may be in book three. Just saying. Mm. <laughs> See, and that's how I've been like doing process of elimination. I'm like, okay, so homegirl is in book one and two. So she might be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling not, you. I'm going to figure it out. You're going to tell yeah, me. Right. Or at the very least, you gonna have to tell me before we die. It don't have to be like <laughs> on our deathbed. <laughs> Ignore her. Anyway, my person for point. this episode. So, and I, <laughs> I don't know if Sharia gonna remember this or not, but I put a video of him in the group chat, and I love this man so much. My person would be Ricky Thompson. Now, for those of you who Girl. don't know, he's kind of. <laughs> He's kind of like um, an internet, you know, personality. But I just love Ricky so much because he is authentically himself. And you may have seen like some of his, I'll call them motivational videos. <laughs> um, but he's he loves himself very much. And I think to have that level of confidence is so beautiful because, in, in especially with, you know, social media in this day and age, so many people work so hard to try to tear down anything about you. Um, and he did a, like a reaction video after receiving some Ivy Park. And it was hilarious. I love him so much. So, <laughs> yes, that would be my person for this episode. Ricky Thompson. Shout out to Ricky. Okay. So, Garnet, you know, drop the website, drop your social media handles, how people can get a hold of you, all that fun stuff terry's cakes terry's cakes detroit.com um t-e-r-r-i-s please spell it right guys um <laughs> social media where terry's cakes on everything you need a phone number what else you want no, you can order everything on the phone. website you can order everything on the website i'm gonna say it one more time you can order everything on the website just in case <laughs> you didn't know <laughs> Okay. Well, you've heard it here. Terry's Cakes, Detroit. Don't be messing it up. Don't be spelling it wrong now. <laughs> exactly. And of course, we want to thank you, Garnet, you know, for coming on the episode, talking to us. I think this is probably going to be yeah. one of my, if not my favorite episode, one of my favorite episodes of the season because you just dropped so many wonderful pieces of information and knowledge for people that they don't usually get to have. Um, yeah. So, you know, I appreciate you. I love you as my sister. Um, if y'all didn't know, Garnet is my line sister. So shout out to 103. But hey. I'm not going to get into all of that. <laughs> Jesus, help me. Got me on the phone. <laughs> recording with two deltas. Lord have mercy. <laughs> but of course, it's a we are the thing. new kids. Um, <laughs> you can find us on social media, on Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, and Instagram. At the New Kids LLC. Our website is thenewkidsdetroit.com. Um, listen to us on Spotify. Go rate us on Apple Podcasts. 
Um, that yes, is the best please. way for people to find out about us. Go rate us. We appreciate you know all the good feedback. If it's shady, you can keep it. Um, yes, because we know how to fight. Period. Poo. I cannot. <laughs> okay. I cannot. Shariah, you got anything else you want to add? Um, just two quick things um, that have happened since our last episode. So first of all, congratulations and happy Deltaversary to 103. They've, they've been in this thing for a year. Y'all lit. Um, <laughs> okay. Second thing <laughs> is shout out to me and my line sisters. You know, hey. none other than Bamin of, you know, Zeta Phi Beta for being 10 years in this thing. It's been a hey, wonderful, oh. wonderful journey. Listen, I'm old, so when y'all asking me why I don't stroll at parties, I just said I've been in this thing <laughs> for 10 years. Shira, if Shariah was a kid, she would be able to take care of herself, bro. Okay, listen, years listen. I have multiple Neos under my belt. I'm not strolling nowhere. You said I'm not strolling anywhere. I cannot. Period. I, I mean, the only other place I planned on strolling was Centennial, and COVID is probably taking well, that over. So, yep. <laughs> Dear Corona. I've got nothing for y'all. <laughs> you gotta catch well, me when I'm uh, feeling nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We want to thank y'all for tuning in and listening to, to, you know, this episode. Check out all our previous episodes. Recommend it to your friends. Again, go rate us on Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff. And yeah, the new kids are out. Bye, guys. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.